0: Hello writers, I'm Josiane Fantin and today I'm interviewing Cheryl love. So Cheryl is the self-published author of Forever Fit and Flexible. I'm so excited to have you on my podcast today and please tell us a little bit about you.
1: Well, I am a physical therapist and I like to call myself a recovering physical therapist. <laughs> I was in private <laughs> practice for 18 years And about four years ago, I closed my office and uh, just to spend more time being able to promote my book, write my next one and share my message with the world. I'm also a former chronic pain patient. And that's part of my story. And that's part of why I wrote the book in the first place.
0: That was my my next question. Why (laughs) did you decide to write your first book?
1: I actually decided one of my sisters, I have four sisters, and my youngest sister kept saying to me, you should write a book, you should write a book, I think you should write a book about our family, and I did start writing it, and I realized I was writing the wrong book. It was too soon after my parents had passed away. They died just 19 days apart. It was just a few months later. And I thought, you know, if I'm going to spend my time, my energy, and my effort in writing a book, I should probably write something um, that's going to help me with my career. So that's why I chose the book about fitness over 50. And that just kind of morphed into something much bigger than I ever thought it was going to be.
0: So now it has become a coaching business, right?
1: Yes, it actually has. But even when I still had my office, I was using those techniques that I used and I learned for myself to help heal from my chronic pain syndrome that I had when I was in my 30s. And after I had completed that healing process, I went back to school, got my uh, master's degree in physical therapy. And I combined a lot of the things I combined basically the science of physical therapy with the art of movement. I'm using the principles of Pilates, dance, martial arts, and something called Feldenkrais. So it's all about body awareness. It's all about healthy movement. And I decided, you know, I figured the book would help. To establish me as an expert in my field and help me get more clients. And that was the goal. But something really different happened. I closed my office instead, realizing that I could reach um, a much greater population of people to hear my message if I was promoting my book, uh, doing um, public speaking. And the coaching online just basically started. That was one of the blessings that came out of COVID. I realized. I could kind of reopen my office online, so I wouldn't even have to pay rent or a lot of the overhead.
0: Right, that's a good move. And I also always ask writers, I'm curious to know, how long did it take you to write your first book?
1: Oh, Well, it took two and a half years. And I started it by creating kind of an outline. I had already written a lot of blog posts about fitness over 50, about core strength, posture, balance, flexibility, a lot of the components that are the building blocks of a healthy body and healthy movement that can carry us all the way through our 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and beyond. And that's the important part. It's not about going to the gym three times a week. It's not about lifting a lot of weight. It's about healthy movement. So basically, That's how I started. I collected all of those blog posts, sifted through them and thought, I already have half a book here. And so that's how it all began. And
0: so after organizing everything, you noticed where maybe you needed some more writing done, right?
1: Actually, I had a writing coach and I discovered later she wasn't that good because she, <laughs> she told me that all people wanted to know, cause I had a few stories about my background and stuff cause I thought people might find that interesting. And she said, oh no, take all that out because people just want the facts. They don't want to know anything about you. They don't care. And I thought, well, that's kind of harsh, but okay. <laughs> I understand. So I did, it was just strictly a how to, these are the steps, these are the rules, this is what you can do. And it was so boring. And right before I went to a publisher, it was an online publishing, something said, this isn't the way to do it. And I knew there was a woman in my community who helped new authors self-publish. So I contacted her And she gave me a proposal and she also introduced me to an editor who did a um, sample editing. So she took the first 20 pages of my manuscript and did some sample editing and sent it back to me and it changed the entire process completely. Even I was bored with my own book, my own manuscript, when Mm -hmm. she, with her corrections and her suggestions, you know, I said, okay, I'm going to rewrite the entire thing which I did. I included my personal story. I included stories about clients that I had worked with over the years and it won an award and became a bestseller. So I guess I did the right thing.
0: What award did you win? I want to hear about it.
1: I won a merit award, which is kind of like third place for, um, it's called the Colorado Publisher, Independent Publishers Association, SIPA. So I won a merit award for self-help, the category of self-help, and I also won a, an award for cover design.
0: Awesome. So did you have to submit your own book, I guess so?
1: Yes, yes I did, yes.
0: And so peers were voting on their favorites.
1: They actually had a panel of judges that would read the books, and then, you know, I guess they have the criteria that they have to go through. And so it was really quite an honor, because there I was, a first-time author, I never even expected that I ever would write a book. I mean, everybody says it, right? I'm going to write a book someday, but how many people do it?
0: Well, that's why I ask how long it takes, because people get discouraged so fast, like they want to write a whole book in one evening and sitting down and they feel like it should be easy. But your first book, most people tell me more than a year, way oh, yeah. more than a year, some people 10 years, 20 years. And so I just want to reassure um, people who are listening that writing a first book is the I feel is the hardest one to write because mm-hmm. you have to fight through your insecurities. You have to get organized. You have to find what is working for you. I can tell you, you'll have to write every morning, but if you are a better writer at night, like why would you follow my advice? You need to try it for yourself. So that's, that's why I always ask this question about how long, because I want people to know it takes a long time to write the first one.
1: I wanted to share a little story with you, if I can. My editor, who I dearly love, you know, we have become friends and she's of course going to be editing my next book and the one after that. But she is in the process of doing her, you know, she had just submitted her manuscript to her editor for for her first round of editing. And it has taken her 20 years.
0: For her first book, 20 years For her
1: first book, yeah. And it is a memoir. And there's a lot of, you know, painful experiences, life experiences, life is sometimes a little messy. And so I think that that was part of the the problem, trying to get some of that stuff out. And, you know, one of the books, I did go back to writing um, the book about my, my family history. And, you know, somebody said, I think it was my little sister, who said the same one who said, you should write a book. And she says, wow, this one's taken you, what, eight years? And I thought, no, it's actually taken me 60 years because, <laughs> you know, this is my whole life yeah. that I experienced my parents, my grandparents and hearing stories of my great grandparents. And so, yeah, it's my whole life that's kind of like in the book. And even with the book, my first one that I wrote with my personal experience of being a chronic pain patient and then recovering from that, when you look at it, that book basically took me 20 years because it was 20 years of life's lessons, life's experiences. So, if you know, I would encourage anybody, don't put a time frame. You cannot put a time limit or a time frame on creativity.
0: Yeah, that's good. That was one of my questions. What advice would you give to aspiring authors?
1: Well, the first thing, be kind to yourself. <laughs> uh, don't expect too much. Don't expect to sit down and say, okay, I'm gonna write a book today because it doesn't happen that way. And when you're writing, in the process of writing, everybody finds their own rhythm. They find their own style, their own technique. And one thing I would really encourage you, don't write it in the way you think it's going to be written um, as a final result. It's You don't write a book the beginning, the middle and the end. You might start writing and it's actually the middle. And then all of a sudden you jump to the end and then you go to the beginning. It's almost like building a house or it's building something, like making a cake. And you're not even sure where the ingredients are or what ingredients should go in there. And once you've got your basic ingredients then you can start playing with different spices and and icings and little decorations on the cake. So just give yourself that that freedom to be able to explore and have fun with it. So don't make it a tedious process. Even if you're writing a book, I have a very good friend right now who's writing a business book and it's very structured and, you know, very, very um, well, I guess the word would be structured and certain rules and steps to follow. But even with that, you still have that creativity of how you want to be able to express it to the audience. The people who are going to be reaching for that book picking it up and reading it they want to hear your voice they want to hear your message and the way you put it out is going to be just the way you need to be able to communicate it to the world
0: awesome thanks for sharing that and what was the hardest thing about becoming a self-published author oh
1: (laughs) i think a lot of it was the self-doubt and you know I'd be working through my my project thinking, oh my gosh, this is really wonderful. It's going to change the world. And then the next day, it's like, oh no, it's terrible. Who's ever going to want to read it? And I would get, you know, go through that emotional roller coaster. And there were times when I laugh that I would say, I would want to say, oh, forget about fitness over 50. And I just wanted to dive headfirst into a bag full of jelly donuts. And I don't even like jelly donuts, I don't eat donuts, but it was just like, you know, that uh, rebel in me that's like, I don't even care about fitness over 50 anymore, let's just give it all up. So my friend, the publisher, the one woman who had the publishing company, I would call her and she would have to talk me off the edge and say, stay away from the donuts, it's going to work out, (laughs) trust me on this, it's going to be fine. And it was, and it was wonderful.
0: And donuts don't solve anything. Like they might taste good, but they don't solve anything. <laughs> no. So the book still has to get written.
1: If we could solve problems with donuts, the world would be a much better place. We would just give donuts to all the world leaders and <laughs> boom, there you go. <laughs> world peace. World
0: peace with donuts. <laughs> and I'm wondering that the second book that, well, you started writing a family book and then you gave it up a little bit and then you got back to it. Are you done writing this one?
1: No, I guess I saw a shiny object and I dropped it after I had written. And I mean, I was really on fire. I I got serious about it last December and spent about nine months really working on it almost every single day. And I got to about 85,000 words. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, not yet. I have another book that was already started that i went back to so i put my family book on the back burner and i picked up the other book that i had been working on which was my story about my personal journey into the male-dominated testosterone-infested world of men and martial arts so it was about starting martial arts at the age of 47 And I did not go willingly. And there's a long story about why I did start martial arts. And my plan was just to take a few classes, learn a few self-defense techniques, and then quit and go on with my life because martial arts was just something that never interested me, but I needed some self-defense techniques. So I thought, okay, I'll do it for a month and I'll quit. And I knew I was gonna hate it, but I didn't hate it. (laughs) I actually fell in love with the art. I fell in love with the training. And 10 years later, I became my teacher's first female black belt.
0: That's awesome. So you you talk about that in the new book you're working on. Okay, so two questions. Sure. Uh, The family book, I'm just wondering, do you plan on publishing that and anybody can buy it or is it just for your family?
1: No, it is. It's going to be out there. It's going to be anybody can buy it. Um, I actually start... You know, like at the kind of at the present day, it was actually both my parents had been sick at the same time. So I was home spending back in Pennsylvania. I live in Denver, Colorado, and I would fly back and forth to my hometown to help them out. And so it kind of starts there at the very beginning of the book. And then it goes back in time to where I was a little girl growing up with, you know, my sisters and my girl cousins. We grew up as one large family of eight girls, if you can believe that. A lot of female energy. And of course, both sets of my grandparents were from Eastern Europe. So nobody really spoke English that well. They had heavy Slavic accents and just kind of like the way we grew up. And then I I went back to not only my grandparents and their lives and how they met, I actually have stories about my great grandparents. And so it's, it's, quite, it's quite a book. And my goal is that it will inspire other people to explore their past, their family history, And there's a lot of lessons learned too in the way that um, we were raised with that heavy um, Eastern European culture and even the religious practices and and stuff. So it's a pretty rich um, experience. And so my goal is just to really entertain people and uh, help them look into their own past as well.
0: You talked also about the third book that you're working on about martial arts. Do you (laughs) have a planned launch date for that?
1: You know, I do. I'm really thinking it will be out by this fall.
0: Okay, awesome. What was the hardest thing about becoming a self-published author?
1: Basically, it was trying to figure out who to listen to, who to trust, who I could um, take on, who had the experience to really guide me through this process in a way that I could (laughs) be successful. But initially, I wasn't even looking at being successful. I was looking at not embarrassing myself (laughs) so I set the bar pretty low yes (laughs) Um, (laughs) but that that for me was the hardest part and then through that process when I had a really great team around me I had to learn how to trust myself and that's always been an issue for me and I think a lot of people have that problem Um, so I would say to anybody out there who's considering writing and publishing a book trust yourself, surround yourself with really good professional people like yourself uh, to help guide you along the way. And you'll, you'll do great and just enjoy the journey because it really is a process that is indescribable. If you've never written a book, it, it's, it's to put your words pen to paper and then to see that be transformed into a book that you can be proud of and show off to the world. It's an experience that I never ever expected to have, and I never expected it to be so rewarding.
0: Yeah, because it's a growth process at the same time. It's not just like writing words. It has a lot to do in your mind to your growing.
1: The unexpected benefit that I never thought I would get is that I have had the opportunity to meet so many incredibly wonderful people, such as yourself, when you become a published author, it opens up a whole new world of a variety of different people, not just in your community, but all over the world that you get to connect with. And that's just been the most amazing, rewarding experience that that um, I didn't expect to get out of writing a book.
0: Yeah, and by selling on Amazon, I've seen some people from other countries that I've never been to buying my books like Japan and um, in Europe too. So that's really awesome that mm-hmm. people are actually reading the words that are written mm-hmm. in other countries. That's that's always amazing to me. And do you have tips to share of how you promote your book and what is working for you?
1: Well, oh, one of the best ways to promote it for me that uh, you know with COVID we can't do anymore Um, was doing like book fairs and public speaking, because once you get in front of an audience, even if it's a very small audience, it doesn't matter. Once people get to know you and you get to tell your story and why you wrote the book and what the book is about, then your sales go up. I mean, that's just kind of word of mouth from people who may have heard you. So that was one of the most effective ways. But of course, you know, Things have been kind of tough. You really can't get out in the world much. So doing it online, I've been um, promoting it a little bit with social media. And I've been promoting it a lot with, there's like a boost campaign that you can do through Amazon. It's an Amazon, it's not really an ad campaign, but it's like a, a boost. sponsored product. I'm not sure what it is, what, but um, that one worked really well for me. Okay. So every now and again, I will do that.
0: And when the pandemic is over, I want to know how did you get started in speaking? Because that's something that I need to explore too.
1: You know, I started by, well, the first thing you do is you start with Toastmasters, everybody does that, you know, and I did that for about six months. I had done a lot of public speaking in the past in my jobs, you know, as a respiratory therapist was my first career. And I would do a lot of teaching to other healthcare professionals and family members and stuff. So I was comfortable talking about things like that. And it was the same thing with physical therapy, you know, do a lot of explaining a lot of teaching. But then getting out in front of people and talking about yourself and your own book was a little bit more difficult for me. So Toastmasters really helped for that. And then I joined a couple of groups that helped promote you as a speaker. Um, and I started doing the circuit. I did probably, when was it? It was 2018. I probably did about 20 speeches or 20 talks in just a matter of a few months. So it was st- people were starting to contact me and I was starting to pick up momentum and then of course the pandemic hit, and it's like, well, okay, there's a reason for this. Um, you know, I'm not saying that I'm going to be starting back at square one, but I'm still staying active with social media with my contacts. So once the pandemic is over and people are comfortable being in groups again, then hopefully, you know, I'll, I'll start getting some more engagements.
0: Yeah, but I need to know, where did people find you to contact you? Do you have something posted somewhere that I don't understand how people find you?
1: Well, it is on my website, but um, honestly, the best way to do it is through networking. Okay. Joining um, other speakers' groups. Um, finding out in your area. If you have like a, a small group of people who are promoting other speakers, just start looking online. And that's really where I started. There was an elderly gentleman in Denver who was, he was big on promoting new speakers. He just wanted everybody to get out and speak, speak, speak. So I attended a couple of his classes and seminars, which you know, helped get you started, but it only got me so far. And then you kind of go to the next step and the next step and the next step. So it's a process. It's a lot like writing a book. You don't know where to start. And then you just start talking to the dog and you start talking, (laughs) you know, to your husband who will ignore you. And then you start talking on your own recordings just to see, you know, what you sound like, which of course you're doing that with the podcast and you practice You practice your message. What is your core message? What is it that you really want to share with the world and hone it down to like one or two or three key points? And then you go from there. But that's the important thing. There's a lot of books about speaking too. So it's just about fine tuning and honing your message in a way of speaking, just like you do when you are writing your book. The difference is when you're writing your book, you have a lot more... Um, flexibility in how much you can say. But when you're speaking, you have to prepare a 10 minute talk, a 15 minute talk, a 30 minute talk, a one hour talk, and even an hour and a half. So you have to be flexible and know your material so well that you could either expand it to an hour and a half or compress it to a 10 minute talk.
0: Yeah, that was my next question. I wanted to know, like, how long is your talk? But you just answer that, and I also was wondering: Do you charge for your speaking engagements, or is it just book sales that are compensating you? Know, it, you?
1: it depends. Since I was really in the launching process of this career, the speaking career, I was doing them just for free for lo- you know like local groups. I did a lot of libraries, but I always sold books, and a lot of times I would get followers from that too. Um, but I wasn't being I wasn't charging per se. I was getting to the point where it's like, okay, now it's time to, you know, draw up the contracts and have the, you know, them pay me.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing all that, especially the speaking part. Like I was so curious to hear about that. So thank you so much. If people want to know more, where can they connect with you?
1: Go to CherylILove.com. And remember, there's no E at the end of I love everybody puts one there because it just makes sense. So Cheryl, You can find me on Facebook, Cheryl, I love international. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty much everywhere. My book is on Amazon. So if you just Google Cheryl, I love you will find me.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. I'll make sure to share all those links in the show notes. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much, Josiane. It's always wonderful to talk to you.
0: Thank you so much for tuning into to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, be sure to share it with me by leaving me a review. If you're ready to publish your book, let me take your hand in my course, How to Self-Publish on Amazon. I will show you every step you need to take to successfully go through the publishing process on the platform. Keep on writing!